Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Here's an oxymoron, another one for you. What does Jesus say? Losers or keepers. You give up your rights and just do it God's way. You're a keeper. You're going to find life. But see, if you and I try to keep our lives for ourselves, hoard it, cling to it, grasp to it, kind of try to have one foot in the world and one doesn't work. But Jesus said, if you follow me, you'll find true life. It's not about you. It's about him. It totally doesn't make sense to us to try to find life by losing our lives. It is tough to let loose of the reins of our life and allow God to take control. Pastor Mark will be teaching about our need to do this, this giving up of our lives. For those of us who have done this, we've found there's an excitement that we could not have anticipated or imagined. Although our lives may have gone in a direction not foreseen before our salvation, we have found a satisfaction we couldn't have known before. Hopefully, we'll be understanding better how much God really loves us and cares for us. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part two of his message, God's Plan for Everyone. Celebrate in Luke chapter 15. Here's the first of six reasons we should celebrate. Number one, life is no longer about you. It's not about me anymore. Life is about Christ living in you. Remember, when we ask God to forgive us and to come into our lives, we gave up the right to rule our own lives. So life isn't about me. It's now all about God. Now, some of you are going to say, Pastor Mark, are you kidding me? You mean I should celebrate because I give up my rights to direct my life and let God do it? That's not really celebration. It should be the other way around. No, not at all. Think about this. Sometimes we forget the character of God. Let me ask you this morning, is God for you or against you? He's for us. We all know that. So this should be like a no-brainer to us. Let me read you the character of God. Just a little snippet. Here we are, Romans 11, 33. Oh, the depth of his riches, of the riches of his wisdom and knowledge of God. Remember, God is all wise. How unsearchable, we can't even comprehend it, are his judgments and his past beyond tracing out. In other words, when we begin to think about God ruling my life instead of me, it's obvious we know that we don't think like God. 
His thoughts are very different than our thoughts. He has all wisdom. He always knows the right thing to do. Very often, we do not. Now, also, think about this. When God's looking at your life and you just let him lead, that's the abundant life. He has a different outlook. He's here in heaven and he's looking down. His outlook is always eternal. Ours is pretty much here. So when you think about that, he's looking at your life and he's looking at the plans that you have. And all we know from our plans is today, maybe a little snapshot of tomorrow, what we think we want to do, but he knows what's best for us and everything. Do you know this morning, God's plans for you and for you, always better, 1000 times better than your life trying to plan your own. I was thinking about something that happened many years ago, actually. And we lived in Merritt Island, and we, were, we lived on a kind of a natural canal. One day, I was on, uh, I'd gone up on the roof in the back. I have no idea why. I think I was trying to fix something. And when I got up there, I was just doing my thing. And the dog was out in the backyard. Yard's fenced in except for the water part, of course. And she's you know, having fun by there, and I'm working. And all of a sudden, I looked to the other side of the canal. And guess what I saw just get in the water? A gator. You should have seen me. Ah! I'm running. I'm climbing down. I'm screaming my lungs out at the dog. Come on. Come on. Get away. Get away. Get away. She's going, what's wrong with you? You know. And eventually, I got her, and I saved her from the gator. Do you know how many times... God has saved you and I, and we never knew we were in danger. We never knew it. My dog went in. Okay, I don't know why you took me out of the backyard. I was celebrating like crazy. She didn't get it. When God directs your life, he sees things that we cannot see. Don't ever doubt his way is better than your way. Never. That's why we can celebrate. Because it's not about you. It's about God. Now, when you think about that, do you know the world, by and large, they celebrate differently. Unbelievers, many times their celebration comes from drugs, drinking. In our United States today, specifically, it's going to get worse. Smoking pot, sexual immorality. Those are the things that they celebrate about. There is pleasure in sin, absolutely, for a short time. And when that young man took his dad's money and wasted on all of those things I was telling you about, he came to the end of himself because the celebration stopped because no longer did he have any money and the celebration stops. And that's why people get addicted You know, I was a hospital pharmacy director for many years. Worked with all of those kind of things. That was good, but I need two now. Every seven hours, eight hours, fine. Now I need it every four hours. One beer, drinks to this, to that. One gal, one porn site, hmm, hmm, hmm. And at the end, empty, lonely, guilty, dead end. But see, you and I have to be reminded... The solution to that, my celebration, does not come from the world. It comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, the enemy 
is not here to give us life. He's here to steal, kill, and destroy. This is Jesus' solution to celebration. Look at it, Matthew 16. If you're trying to keep your life for yourself, you'll lose it. You'll never find real life. But if you give up your life for me, you will find true life. Here's an oxymoron, another one for you. What does Jesus say? Losers are keepers. You give up your rights and just do it God's way. You're a keeper. You're going to find life. But see, if you and I try to keep our lives for ourselves, hoard it, cling to it, grasp to it, kind of try to have one foot in the world and one doesn't work. But Jesus said, if you follow me, you'll find true life. It's not about you. It's about him. Number two, write it down. Celebrate. God, the Holy Spirit, is at work in your life and my life 24-7. Remember, Jesus was going back to heaven. And one day he said to his disciples, he told them that. I'm going to the cross and I'm going to heaven. They were not celebrating. They were hurt. They were angry. They were confused. What are you doing? We followed you for three years and you're leaving us? That's supposed to be like good news? And he said, yes. Watch verse 16. I'll read it to you. John 14, 16. And I'll ask the father and he'll give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. And what Jesus was saying is this. When you walked with me these last three years, wherever I was, and if you were with me, we were together. I could direct you. I could help you. But if you were off doing your thing, and I was off like the woman at the well, I was doing my thing, and you left me, went into town to get food. I couldn't direct you because I wasn't around you. But something better coming. The Holy Spirit is coming, and he's going to live in you 24-7. Wherever you go, God is with you. How could we not celebrate that? You see, when you understand that, he encourages his followers and tells us, you're going to experience something new and exciting. And that's what happens when we become a Christian. God, the Holy Spirit, actually, well, he just moves in. He's part of our life. By the way, when he does that, I have within me God, the one that's all-knowing, the one that's all-powerful. So he can minister to my life. Now, that enables me to be guided, empowered 24-7, no matter what's happening in my life, no matter what's taking place. Now, I can't give you all the things today that the Holy Spirit does, but let me just give you a few. Here's the first one. The Holy Spirit lives in us to comfort us. You know, Christmas time is a different time for many people. Christmas brings back memories. If you lost a loved one this year, celebrating Christmas doesn't seem to go together because it's a hard thing. At the table is somebody that was there, but they're not there. Now, that actually goes on longer than just one year. But what do we know? If we lose a loved one and we know they're a believer, whether it's been this year or 20 years ago, you still have good memories. What do we know? See, Christians are the only one that can do this. At a funeral for a Christian, the only people in the world can do both. The Christian can mourn and celebrate at the same funeral. That doesn't make any sense to the world, does it? See, we mourn because we miss people. Hello, of course. 
But we celebrate because, well, we're going to be eating with them in heaven at a different table. It's going to be fantastic. So what is the Holy Spirit? He's our comforter to help us mourn. There is a time to mourn, of course. Now, what about the unbeliever? For many years, I did funerals. I don't do too many anymore. The other guys do them. I remember having many funerals. The hardest funeral you ever have is for a person who's passed away and nobody really knows. It looks like by their life, they never knew Jesus. There wasn't any fruit. I never make that call. But I can't say to people, you know, this is a celebration time. I don't mention where the person is because I don't know. So I never address that. What do I do in a funeral for a person that we're not sure here's their ashes in front of me? Are they in heaven or are they in hell? That's not my call. That's God's call. So what do I do in a funeral? I preach to you. Where are you going to be when you die? See, for a Christian, way better. We know where he or she is. Will you be there? Unbeliever? Much more difficult. So in that case, let's say the relative knows pretty much maybe they're not. Can they celebrate? No. It's left to what? Mourning. So the Holy Spirit, he learns to comfort. By the way, he teaches us. You're being taught this morning. Not by me, but by the Holy Spirit. He's the one speaking to your heart. And next word is enlighten. Some of you probably never thought of two words. It's an oxymoron. Christians at a funeral, when the person is a believer and passes, we can mourn, (laughs) we can celebrate. Both. So you've been enlightened to that. That's why we want to be believers. And last, is there anything better than God directing our lives? Now remember, does he have a different view? He has a very different view. I'd like to see that view on Google sometimes, especially with the Christmas crowds out, aren't you? Where do all these cars come from? Where are they? The roads are jammed. And I can hear God coming. This is your father. Turn left at the next thing. You'll miss all the traffic. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Well, Google kind of does that. But I'm talking about in life. The last thing you want to do is take a wrong turn. It's a waste of time. Remember? So we have all of that working. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm not sure I really get it. Well, look how good it really is. (laughs) Philippians 2.13. For God is working in you. I'm looking for a few amens as I go through this. For God is working in, in you, giving you the desire to obey him. How many sometimes want to disobey God? Let's just raise our hands right now. Now, when you disobey God, whose will do you want to do? (laughs) Me. So he gives me the desire to obey him, and here it is. And the power, power, to do what pleases him. How can we not celebrate? He's changing my wonder, and he's empowering me to do what I should do. That's fantastic. That's who our God is. By the way, There's nothing better than living the fulfilling lifestyle that God gives us. Nothing. Nothing. Number three, write it down. You won't like this one, but write it down anyway. He'll give you the desire to obey. Now, here it goes. Celebrate. God has arranged testing and trials to make you more like Jesus. Look what James writes. Dear brothers and sisters... 
Whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy and for celebration. How many of you have matured to the point when trouble comes, you just, first thing that comes to your mind is, thank you, Jesus, I'm so excited for this. You're lying to me right now if you think you'd say. There's not, we still are a work in progress. Can I hear an amen? That's a little difficult. Say what? Trouble and celebration? That's like exactly what I'm supposed to do. That's crazy. That's an oxymoron. No, it isn't. Understand. Look at the next verse. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be strong in character and ready for anything. You see, God's ultimate purpose, he has two purposes for us as Christians. One, as Romans 8, 29 says, he wants to conform us to be like Jesus, to think, minister, and, and, and actually do like Jesus did. So that's a work in progress. All of us know that. The second thing is, we have the Great Commission to go to. So he's at work in us, and he's trying to allow us to have this thing called spiritual maturity working in our lives. Now, we know that one of the persons that's our role model was, of course, Jesus. He learned to trust his father with whatever. Remember, when Jesus went to the cross, just before he went, when he prayed that night, in the garden. He asked God three times, is there some other way? I really don't want to go to the cross. Is there some other way? And what did the father say? No. So he endured. The Bible says he endured the cross. Later on in Hebrews, he says, he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. When he went to the cross, what was he looking for in the future? It was joy. What was the joy that Jesus was looking for as he hung on the cross? You know what it was? If you're a Christian this morning, I want you to just raise your hand. If you're a Christian or Christ follower, keep it up for a moment. You know what the joy was? Seeing your hand because you're going to join Jesus in heaven. See, he took the trial. He took the trouble like you and I have never experienced for the joy that was set before him with millions of people would become Christians. He trusted his father. There was no other way. Three times he tried. There was no other way. So he endured. You see, as our lives are facing troubles, and we all have them, I'm not to the place where I can celebrate, but I understand it. You see, God can't be pleased without faith. Faith is like a muscle. It has to be tested. Faith that isn't tested can't be trusted. And all of you know people who used to follow Jesus Christ. Where are they now? What happened is something came and they got angry at God and they didn't endure. They're called prodigals. They walked away from God. You know, over the last, back in February, all the way to the end of June. You know, I went through this horrific thing and I would lay in bed at night and I would say, God, why? What's, what's up with this? And eventually I had to just shut up 
And you know what I started asking God? I never asked him why again. I asked him, what are you trying to teach me? That's a good thing for you to learn. See, we'll often never know the why. But if I'm a Christian, God allows whatever he wants to come into my life, good or bad. He has a purpose for all of it. Now, I'm not talking about if you're sinning, if I'm sinning, going right out, I'll pay the consequences for that. But anything coming into your life today, count it all joy if God's allowed it. Why? He's going to make good out of it. And he told me, I'm going to change you. I'm going to give you a fresh outlook. I'm going to give you, after all these years, I'm going to give you a passion for the lost souls. And you know, during that time, toward the end, who gave me VIO? God. On a bed, miserable at night. Sweating all over, changing clothes, going to the bathroom constantly. I mean, he gave me VIO and he said, I'm going to make a new person of you. I'm going to fill you with the spirit and you're going to challenge the people to be filled with the spirit. And you're going to see more people come to Jesus Christ in that next year than you'll ever see before. See, it's not about me. Oh, it is definitely not about me. I'm a work in progress. Are you kidding? So are you. But he knows best. Amen. So when you look at that, my faith had to be tested. It's still going to be tested. So is yours. So celebrate that your faith is growing and you can endure whatever comes. Number four, celebrate. We get to communicate the good news to a lost world. Remember for three years, the disciples followed Jesus. They discovered his passion They discovered his primary mission. He told them his mission. You know it. For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. You see, the heartbeat of Jesus was to go to the lost and share the good news with them. That's why he was here. He was going to die for the people, but he told us, his disciples. Now, Before Jesus went back to heaven, I want you to pay very close attention to this. The disciples heard these words from Jesus before he went back to heaven. Look at these three. John 17, 18. Before he went to the cross, he was praying. He says this, speaking to God. God, as you sent me, Jesus, into the world, I have sent them, the 12 disciples, into the world. Next, after he went to the cross and was resurrected, he met with the disciples just before we went back to heaven, and he said this. And Jesus said to his disciples, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me to the earth, I am sending you. It's comforting to know that although life has storms and challenges ahead, God is near. He's watching us and protecting us from dangers we can't even imagine. Pastor Mark reminded us of this fact and encouraged us to remember the reliability of God in our daily lives. The facts of our salvation and His constant care are certainly reasons for celebration. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. The next time we hear Pastor Mark, he will be finishing up this message. He will be helping us understand the correlation between the party the prodigal's father threw and the celebrating that goes on in heaven when one of God's prodigals returns home. We need to remember that this happened when we were saved and should be leading others to Christ. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.